you would, grab your Bible and turn to Acts the 8th chapter. Acts the 8th chapter, we'll begin reading in verse 26. Acts the 8th chapter, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, Ethiopia, a eunuch, of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all of her treasury, and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah, and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I understand unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the Scriptures which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation his justice was taken away, and who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at... And beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now, as they went down the road, they came near to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now, when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. If you had your Bibles out, keep your uh, marker there at that point. Uh, But I want us to look at another passage before we get into this story that uh, we've just heard the reading of. Now turn with me, if you will, to the second chapter of the book of Acts. I hope you have your Bibles tonight. I'm not using an overhead tonight uh, because I want us to try to look at the Bible real carefully and some of the things that we've got here. So look with me, if you will, in the second chapter of the book of Acts. Now you recognize that the Acts, the second chapter, tells us about the beginning of the Lord's church. This was the day of Pentecost. Uh, the time had come that uh, God had decided that this was the time to introduce uh, the uh, New Testament covenant. And so uh, the apostles, inspired by the Holy Spirit, had preached on that day the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in that message, they had convicted the people that were there that they were sinners, that they had put to death the Son of God along with other things that they had done, and they were concerned about their soul and their their salvation. And if you will, look with me down in verse 37. Verse 37. Uh, It says, when they heard this, uh, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now I understand that they didn't say, what must I do to be saved? But the implication is that this was what they were asking about. They knew that they were sinners, they knew that they were wrong, and they knew that they had to change their lives, and so they wanted to know what they needed to do in changing their lives that they might be acceptable unto Jesus Christ and unto God 
uh, the Father. Then Peter said to them, this is verse 38, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, that you may receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what I want to suggest to us that when they asked the question, uh, that the apostles had the answer. God had a plan. God had a plan as to how we would become members of the New Testament church. Jesus had already established the church. He had purchased it with his blood. He had made it possible for all of us to have access to it through the plan that he had set forth. Men and brethren, what shall we do? that time Peter had the answer. He said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Go on down to verse 40 with me. And with many other words he did testify and exhort them saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then those who gladly received the word were baptized and there were added to them about 3,000 souls. Now I want us to think about that just for a moment before we get into the story that we're going to be talking about tonight. This is first time that people had become New Testament Christians. First time that they had the opportunity to know what God wanted them to do in order to be a part that Jesus had given his life, uh, the church that Jesus had given his life that he might establish. And so he gave the answer. What was the answer? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. Uh, and then he went on to say, as he progressed in the, in the teaching here, he said, it's up to you now as to whether you're going to save yourselves from this untoward generation. And it says then that they that gladly received the word were baptized that is they were taking the steps necessary to get into the church. They were taking the steps necessary to be saved from their sins. Taking the steps necessary to have the remission of sins. And they were added, if we go down in the passage there in the last part, after they had been saved through obedience under the word of God, including baptism there, they were added to the Lord's church. Now that's not the lesson tonight. The lesson tonight is a story from the 8th chapter of the book of Acts. You see, the book of Acts contains several other examples, uh, several other lessons that we could talk about of how people became members of the body of Christ, how people became members of the church in the early days, how people were saved uh, from their sin. This happens to be just one of them that we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, we just had the reading there from the 8th chapter of Acts, uh, beginning in verse 26, the story of the man from Ethiopia. The Ethiopian eunuch, we many times refer to them, him as. Uh, so uh, let's, let's notice some things about it. Now, we read the story. Now, let's, let's think just a minute about the characters of the story. Uh, first, let's talk about the man himself. And I'm going to refer to the eunuch as the man a lot of times in the lesson tonight. But uh, let's, look at the, let's look at the man himself. What are some of the facts about him? Well, he was from Ethiopia. Now, Ethiopia, as is talked about here, is not the same place Ethiopia is today. Uh, it was moreover in the central part or inland there and it was the northern part of what is Egypt today uh, up in uh, where uh, uh, well it would have been south from uh, from uh, the area that uh, Jerusalem and all of that would have been here but what about the man well he was uh, he was a very important man in his country he was a treasurer of the country there uh, he was a religious man we know that because he had been up to Jerusalem to worship hadn't he now it doesn't tell us uh, what he had been worshiping. We would assume we would assume that probably he might have been a proselyted Jew uh, and uh, had uh, uh, been there to worship according uh, to the, the Jewish law. 
Uh, he Not only was he a religious man, he, he was a man that God was concerned about. We'll talk about that as we get along a little bit further. He was a man that Philip was concerned about, and we'll also see that. But he was a very religious man whose relationship with God was not right. He was a man who was very religious whose relationship with God was not right. Uh, one other bit of information about him, he was a eunuch. Now, uh, if that be the case, uh, when he had gone up to Jerusalem, he, if he was worshiping under the law of Moses, he was not allowed to have been into the, going into the temple. He could have gotten into the court of the Gentiles, but that's as far as he would have been able to go. It was a very important trip that he had made for him. Probably, probably a trip of about 1,500 miles, riding in a, in a chariot. Now, when we think about a chariot, we think about something like the, the uh, uh, things that we saw in, uh, you remember the movie, Ben-Hur, the chariots that they were, right? probably wasn't in something like that. He probably may have been a four-wheel wagon, uh, but it was called a chariot. Might have been pulled by horses, might have been pulled by oxen. We don't know. It's not important. Uh, but he was riding in a chariot. Made to, uh, it's going to be a 3,000-mile trip. If he'd uh, traveled 30 miles a day, it'd taken 100 days to make the trip. So he was very religious. He was dedicated uh, to his religion there. Uh, who was the other character? It was Philip. Who was Philip? Well, he's not, he's not the apostle Philip, but rather he was uh, the uh, Philip uh, that was chosen among the seven that were chosen in Acts, the sixth chapter, to take care of the problems with the Grecian widows. Uh, he was, as we would have referred to him today, he was a deacon there in the church at Jerusalem. He was also a gospel preacher. He was one who was interested in preaching the word of God. Now, you remember on over in Acts 8, the, uh, the scattering abroad came to the Christians there. The persecution had become so bad that they were scattered abroad, and Philip was among those that left Jerusalem at that time, and we find him in Samaria. What was he doing in Samaria? Unlikely place for someone because you know, of the relationship there. You remember the problem of, uh, that some people raised about Jesus talking to the woman at the well at Samaria there? Well, those Samaritans were people that we just didn't get along with, they say. Uh, but he was in Samaria. What was he doing? He was preaching Jesus Christ. He was preaching the gospel. He was preaching the gospel plan that was introduced there on the day of Pentecost. And when people were coming up to him and asking him what they needed to do then, we don't have a record of that in the Bible there, he was telling them the same thing that they were told on the day of Pentecost. Same thing the eunuch's going to be told, and we're going uh, to look at it just in a minute. Uh, but let's look at the story just a moment. What is the story that's beginning there in verse 26? So but get your Bibles back over uh, to uh, that place, and uh, let's, let's look some now uh, at the story just a little bit uh, more carefully here. Well, uh, the story begins by an angel contacting Philip. Philip's up in Samaria now, north of Jerusalem, and he's telling Philip, he said, I want you to go down to the south. Uh, I want you to go to a certain road that leads from Jerusalem down to Gaza, uh, and uh, uh, he said uh, it's, it's a desert road. Now, that identified the road. There were several roads that led that way, but there was one that was known as the desert road there. And he said, I want you to go down there. Didn't tell him what was going to happen at this point, you see. He just told him, he said, I want you to go down that way. Well, Philip went. How did he go? I don't know. I don't know how he traveled. don't know whether he walked. don't know whether he rode a, uh, a chariot, whether he rode a horse. I don't know how he got there, but he made his way down there. I know how he was taken away from it. The Spirit's going to call him away, but I don't know whether the Spirit took him there to start with. When he arrived at the designated place, he met the man from Ethiopia. 
The man from Ethiopia was in a chariot riding along, returning from Jerusalem, going toward Ethiopia, had having been there to worship God. Well, the Spirit told Philip, he said, you go and you run alongside this chariot. Now, I know the chariot wasn't going too fast, you see, because he told Philip to run alongside or to, to, to follow alongside. Still didn't know. Philip didn't know yet what, what was taking place here. But he got there beside the chariot and he heard the man that was in the chariot reading uh, from the Word of God. He was reading from the book of Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, and he was reading about the suffering say or the, the, the suffering servant. Now, that story begins uh, back over in the previous chapter, in chapter 52. And if you turn there after we get home tonight and read that, you'll start down near the end of that chapter 52. And you'll see the uh, messianic prophecy here concerning the coming of Jesus Christ and concerning his death uh, on on the uh, cross of Calvary. Uh, Philip asked the man, said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I accept someone uh, should guide me? The man didn't know. He didn't understand uh, what, what was being uh, read here. And uh, so he said, I, I need some help in this. I need some help in understanding this passage. Well, what was he reading? Well, he was reading from that passage there in chapter 53, and uh, he only read two verses of it. It's a rather long reading if you turn there and look at it. But notice what he said. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before his its share is silent so he did not open his mouth in humiliation he was deprived of justice who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken uh, from the earth the man didn't understand that he said is this is he talking about himself or is he talking about uh, someone else what, what is the prophet saying here uh, in this and so the scripture says that Philip began at the same passage and preached unto him Jesus. He began at the same passage and he preached unto him Jesus. As they continued on down the road, I don't know how long he preached. Bible doesn't tell me that. Don't know whether it's two days, three days, whether it's an hour, two hours. That's really not important in this point. But he was preaching to him about Jesus. That's what Philip had been doing up in Samaria. That's what the people were doing on the day of Pentecost that we started out talking about a moment ago when we saw that uh, 3,000 were added to them there. He said uh, he preached unto him Jesus. And what the Bible tells us in the story here is they continued on the way they saw a body of water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. Uh, what doth hinder me to be baptized? Now, as far as the Scripture telling us when Philip told him about baptism, it doesn't. So we have to assume that in the preaching of Jesus, he had preached and taught him about baptism. He taught him what the plan of salvation was. He taught him what to do in order that he might be saved. Remember the Philippian jailer? Uh, he asked the question, what must I do to be saved? And eventually he was baptized into Jesus Christ for uh, the remission of his sins. And then finally, after they had go down into the water, it says they went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and they baptized him. He came up out of the water. The Spirit caught Philip away, and the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. He went on his way rejoicing. Now, he just spent a little bit of time being taught the Word of God. But he wanted to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. He did. 
And he rejoiced in the fact that he did. How much joy do you and I get out of Christianity today? Well, here was a man that was joyful without very much, was he? I don't know how many scrolls he had. He had the book of Isaiah. That was an accomplishment for an individual to have. Probably couldn't afford very much more. Uh, But he had enough that it pricked his heart to the point that he wanted to know what he needed to do. You see, his faith and his religion that he was practicing didn't agree with what the gospel of Jesus Christ taught. Faithful man, dedicated man, spent days and days and weeks and weeks going up to Jerusalem to worship. And you mean to tell me that he's wrong? The Bible said yes. He needed to change. God uh, was merciful and sent someone to tell him about it. And we're going to look at that as we go along here in just a minute. What's this story tell us? What's this story tell us? Well, one thing this story tells us is that God's concerned about your salvation. God was concerned about this man that had been up to Jerusalem, going back to the country of Ethiopia. He saw him on the way there. He saw a man that was seeking, a man that wanted to do what was right, a man that wanted to do what was pleasing in the sight of God, a man that had had been worshiping according to a law that was no longer binding, that was no longer uh, important. Well, I should not say not important, but a law that was no longer the law that God wanted us to live by. You see, that had been nailed to the cross. And now the covenant of the New Testament, the covenant of Christ was in effect. And he was wanted to, this man wanted to do what was necessary that he might truly have salvation here. Matthew 7 verse 7 and 8 says that Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Uh, uh, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone that asketh receiveth and the one that uh, seeks finds and the one that knocks the door will be opened. Here was a man seeking God. God provided a way for him to know the truth. God provided. God was concerned about him. But God's concerned about you tonight. God's concerned about every single one of us tonight. He's concerned about every single person that was here this morning. And He wants us to know the truth. He wants us to know the Word of God. He wants us to be obedient to the Word of God. Second Peter 3 and verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God doesn't want anybody to be lost. You know, we sometimes uh, we sometimes think God is a He's a cruel God. All He's interested in is destroying me. No, no. All God's interested in is saving you. All God's interest is is saving you. You're lost because you're a sinner. I'm lost because I'm a sinner. I'm lost because of my own transgressions. My sins have separated me from God. But God loves me. And God's concerned about me and He don't want me to be lost. Therefore, He's going to provide every opportunity that He can for me that I might be able to be saved. Another thing we learn from this passage or from this story is that sometimes we have difficulty understanding the Scriptures. Sometimes we have some difficulty in that. This man was a sincere man, dedicated man, reading sincerely from the Word of God, but he didn't understand what the, what the, what the Scripture said. And so he said, I need some help in this. I need some help in this. Uh, Romans 10 verse 
13 and 14, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? God's plan has always been for us to help each other understand the Word of God. In fact, He's always had a plan for someone that was maybe even smarter than me in the Scriptures to help me out in the things that I didn't understand. Well, Philip was the preacher here. He was that man. He was that man. And Philip joined himself to the chariot there, and, uh, and he began to fulfill uh, that role that he had there. First uh, Corinthians, the first chapter, uh, uh, verse 12, he said, uh, that For after uh, that the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. I know sometimes we talk a lot about the preacher. And uh, maybe sometimes we even complain about him sometimes, don't like him sometimes, don't like his lessons sometimes. Well, uh, you know, there's more to just the definition of the word preacher here than to be standing up here in the pulpit before you today. But it's God's plan. That's the way God intended to spread the Word of God, for us to preach it, for us to teach it uh, to the world uh, that's around about us today. And, you know, he didn't say there uh, that he, he said... He chose to do it through the foolishness of preaching, not foolish preaching. Uh, sometimes today we do some foolish preaching. But it was the foolishness of preaching that God intended there. So God intended for us to preach the Word. He intended for us to learn God's Word. And today, even in this society that you and I live in, uh, we still uh, depend on the preacher to proclaim the Word of God to us, even as Philip was doing to this man here. This man is very religious, but he was lost. It's another thing we can conclude from that. Uh, in Acts 4, chapter and verse 12, it said, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we might be saved. This man didn't know anything about Jesus. He didn't know anything about Jesus. Oh, he perhaps had had some exposure. If he had read the book of Isaiah, he had had some prophecy there concerning him. He had read, read some of the Messianic prophecies there in the book of Isaiah. He was reading one at the particular time here. But it didn't tell him a lot about Jesus, did it? And so this man, this man was lost because he didn't know Jesus Christ. He didn't know the gospel of Jesus Christ. He didn't know the plan of salvation. We're lost today in the same way when we're in the same predicament. We're lost today when we're in the same predicament. When we don't know Jesus Christ, when we do not know the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we do not know the plan that God has for man in, obedi in obeying His Word, we're lost too when we're outside of Jesus Christ. That's important. It's important for us to proclaim that, not to condemn you, not to condemn myself, but to bring to our realization that we've got to change our lives if we hope to escape the destruction of damnation one day. Yes, we're sinners. We're sinners, and the only hope we have is in Christ Jesus. This man didn't know Jesus, and he didn't have any hope. He was lost. We're ashamed to say that sometime, brethren, but we've got to come to the realization that people outside of Christ are lost today. And so Philip was preaching to him about Jesus here. Uh, he was teaching him 
the, the teachings of, 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 of the gospel uh, that are able to save our souls today. This man was living under a law, as I said, that had already been nailed to the cross. Colossians 2 and verse 14 explains that if you want to turn there and read it. Well, what did Philip preach? You know, the only thing that it tells me right there in this, this story is that he preached unto him Jesus. But now, looking through the Gospels and looking through the Word of God and thinking for a moment about what he might have preached, you know. Well, one thing that he did preach, I'm sure, he preached the facts of the Gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't know how, he went, how much he went into that. I don't know how elaborate he was in teaching this man from Ethiopia that. But when we teach Jesus today, we're going to talk about the death, the burial, and the resurrection, aren't we? Because it's the facts of the Gospel today. Had Jesus not died, had he not arose from the grave, we're wasting our time being here today. We need to know that. We need to understand that. He no doubt talked to him about sin and about the punishment of sin, about the consequences of sin. Uh, he uh, no doubt talked to him about the commands of the gospel, and there are many, and I don't know all of them that he might have talked about. I know that he talked to him about baptism because the man wanted to be baptized here at Indy. He talked about, no doubt, the authority of Jesus Christ and the authority in the Word of God today. And we need to talk about that quite often today because many times people do not understand that it is not us that's in charge today, but authority rests within uh, heaven itself. Uh, he no doubt talked about the plan of salvation. Well, in talking about those things, he pricked the heart of this man from Ethiopia. And so he walked, they were riding down. He said, seize water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? But... There's some other things that happened before that. As, as this man responded to the plan of salvation, first thing he did was he heard the word of God. He heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can't be a child of God today without you hearing the word of God. The word of God is important. The word of God is our guide. The word of God is our, is our law today. And we've got to hear it in order that we might be obedient unto it. Now, we've already talked about Romans 10, verses 13 through 14. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, but how can they call on them in whom they've not believed? And how can they believe in them in whom they've not heard? Well, this man heard the word of God. Paul, uh, uh, Philip preached unto him the word of God. As he preached unto him the word of God, no doubt he heard about the importance of belief, of faith. Of, of believing that the things in God's Word are true. Do you believe the Word of God today? Do you believe the Word of God today? If you believe the Word of God, you believe in hell. If you believe the Word of God, you believe in heaven. If you believe the Word of God, you believe in the plan of salvation. Oh, we could go on and on and on and on talk about that. This man had heard the Word of God, and he, know it was, he knew it was important. No doubt he spoke to him about something like Hebrews 11 and 6. Without faith it is impossible to please him. He that cometh unto God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Can't go to heaven without having faith. Can't go to heaven without, can't have faith without knowing the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So this man believed God's Word. And this man uh, was willing uh, to take that father in his life. Having believed God's Word, he believed that he was wrong in what he was doing. He believed that he had to change and thus that led him to repentance. Doesn't say anything about the man repenting, does it? Doesn't say anything about it. But we know that he did by the very steps that he took. You see, he was ready... 
He was ready to do whatever it took in order for him to be saved from the wrongs that he was uh, living in. And so he learned about repentance. Acts 3 verse 19, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Repentance is the time that we change our lives. It's the time when we give up this old way. He was going to give up the way that he had been practicing religiously. He was going to give up that old law that no longer was binding, that had been nailed to the cross, and he was going to take on the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was willing to change, and that's what repentance is. It's a change. It's a change in our lives. It's not just something that we say, something that we utter. But he also recognized the importance of confession. When, uh, when uh, he asked the question there to Philip, he said, See, here's water. What does hinder me to be baptized? What did Philip say? Uh, he said, Well, if thou believest, thou mayest. And the eunuch said, I believe with all of my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He made that good confession, didn't he? He made that good confession, uh, that, uh, that, that, that confession that, uh, that we uh, oftentimes talk about today and ask people, uh, ask people uh, to make today. Romans 10 verse 10 says, uh, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto, that is in the direction of salvation. He was glad to confess Jesus Christ as his Savior. Surely all of us are willing to do that, aren't we? We're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed of Jesus Christ, are we? We're willing to confess Him as the Son of God. We're willing to confess Him as our Savior. And then we know that this man had heard about baptism, don't we? Because he wanted to be baptized. Why did you want to be baptized? Well, perhaps uh, they talked about Acts 2.38 that we read a moment ago. Uh, Peter said, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, that you may receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This man wanted the forgiveness of his sins. And it was only through baptism that he came in contact with the blood of Jesus Christ and received the forgiveness of those sins that had separated him from God. Uh, maybe they talked about uh, uh, Galatians 3 and verse 27, though the verses were not divided like that at that time, where there it says, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Baptism puts us in Christ. Not just forgiveness of sin uh, through baptism, but putting us in Christ. It says in the Bible that all spiritual blessings are in Christ. We need to be in Christ today. We need to be in Christ. To be in Christ today is, includes several things. If we're in Christ today, we're in the church. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. We read right in the beginning, you see. As many as uh, were being saved were added to the church. And that's the way it is still today. When we're baptized for the remission of our sins, when we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we become members of the body of Christ. We become members of uh, the Lord's church today. 1 Peter 3 and verse 20, 20 and 21. Uh, where sometime were disobedient when the long-suffering God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. The like figure whereunto baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. Here was a man who wanted to become a child of God. Philip preached unto him Jesus. Philip preached unto him 
the plan of salvation. He preached unto him and told him what he needed to do to be saved. The man heard the word of God. The man believed the, the word of God. The man repented of the wrongs that he was guilty of. His wrongs might be different from your wrongs or my wrongs. But he repented of them. He turned away from them. And he took on Jesus Christ in his life. <coughs> then he confessed the sweet lip with his lips the sweet message of Jesus being our Savior today. And he was baptized into Jesus Christ for the remission of sins that he might be added to the Lord's church, that he might be put in Christ where all spiritual blessings are. Brethren, the Bible teaches that the saved are in Christ. The Bible teaches that we got there through obedience to God's word by being baptized into Christ. It's pure, it's simple, it's plain. The Bible, con- the book of Acts contains several other examples just like this. But tonight, when you and I are asked the question, what must I do to be saved? Here's the answer. Not my answer, not the Savannah Church of Christ answer, but God's answer through His Son, Jesus Christ. You want to be a Christian tonight? Obey the Word of God. Hear the Word of God. Believe that Word. Repent of the wrongs that separate you from God. Uh, Confess Jesus as the Son of God and be buried in baptism for the remission of sins. What does that do? Does that save us eternally? No, it puts us on the road. puts us on the road to living the Christian life and hoping through Jesus Christ for that place that we shall live eternally one day in the after a while. I wonder tonight if there's anyone here that's not a Christian. If you're already a Christian and you've served faithfully every day, a lesson like this helps us to be able to be prepared to tell other people about Jesus. So it's a profitable lesson. But if you're not a Christian tonight, why not throw off the ways of sin? And why not accept Jesus Christ through obedience unto His Word? Whatever your needs might be, we'd be happy to assist you if you'd come as we stand together in this.